It's so good. It's so good. Okay. If you have your Bibles, get them out. I don't, I'm not going to tell you what. No, I'll t- you can turn to Colossians 4.2. That's where I'll start here in a little bit. It's a quick one. But we're in week two of our series. It's called Devoted. Uh, that's what our graphics. We started this two weeks ago. Last week we had a mobile pack, and y'all are awesome. And we got crazy in here late at night and packed 50,000 meals for kids in Africa. Yeah, that's a big deal. And oh, let me tell you all this, guys. There was 140 of us last Wednesday in our packing session, and we packed 50,000 meals. The, the group before us had almost 500. They packed 70,000 meals. So, like, when I was on the mic and getting y'all crazy, I don't know if y'all realize how many, like, they came up to me afterwards, the FMFC people, and they're like, y'all packed a freak amount of meals, you know that? I'm like, the nation, they go hard. I just need you to know, like, they don't care. So, y'all fed babies all across this world. That's a big deal. Well, okay, so we're in week two of devoted. Devoted simply means, the word in the Greek means to be committed to something, to, to persevere in something. The Google definition is like to be loyal to something or to love something. So last, two weeks ago, excuse me, we talked about the word of God. Loving the Word of God, being committed to the Word of God. This week we're going to talk about prayer. And what this series is all about is we want to talk about like the pillars of faith, some of the most important things of our faith. But also, this is like an equipping series, meaning like we really want to get into the Word. We don't want this to be a, a series that y'all get encouraged and you just leave. That's great, but we want y'all to leave here with something. We want y'all to be equipped. We want this to challenge y'all spiritually, and it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with God. And, and what we say a lot as a church is, man, we want our people from the little life babies to, to, the, to the seniors in prime, the 60, 70, 80 year olds, we want people to be fully devoted followers of Christ, no pun intended. So we're doing this devoted series. And a lot of the stuff I'm sharing, I'm going to share tonight, is like kind of what my journey this, this year, is, it's my word for the year, ironically, in, in being devoted. And some of the things God's teaching me, everything, I feel like every time I learn something, I want y'all to know it's so bad. And so that's what I'll talk about tonight as well. But if I could sum up devoted, simply this. You, you have to be devoted to the relationship with God first, Right? So there's all these things we're told, all these things in the Word of God, all these things we learned in our, our church. If you didn't grow up in church like me, all these things you've heard. But simply, we just got to know that you got to be devoted to the Word or to, to God first, the relationship first. Everything comes out of our relationship with God. He created us to be in relationship with us. It started with Adam and Eve. That's why we were created to be connected to Him, right? Yes, we were created to love others. Yes, we were created to go and make disciples. But first. God made us to be in relationship with him. Amen? So that's what we're talking about, being devoted to him. How can we be more devoted to him? Well, last week, or two weeks ago, I keep, I'm going to say that multiple times. This is my week's got jam. So we talked about the word. Well, we talked about a few things. If you're devoted to the word, your faith will increase, right? So we talked about the scripture, faith comes by hearing, hear by the word of God. So one way to increase your faith is to have more of the word of God in you, right? And then, and then your faith will increase. We also talked about living obediently. Well, and, and I'm really passionate about this because I used to do this a lot, and I, I sense this in you guys and when I talk to you guys. So many times in our Christian walk, we focus on what we don't know about the Word of God, right? And I just, I just wonder how strong and how much more devoted we'd be if we simply focused on what we do know about the Word. And we stop comparing uh, uh, to other people. We stop comparing and challenge ourselves. And we give ourselves grace and say, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a year or been a Christian for 28 years, that you just need to apply what you know. And the book of James says being doers of the Word and start applying it and being obedient. You know why? Because God knows. God knows the day that you made a decision for him. God knows the day you were born. God knows that you're going to be here tonight. So it's kind of like this. If you say, you know, we're talking about spiritual age, right? So some of y'all, you, you know, you made a decision for Christ a year ago. Some of y'all, it was 28 years ago, right? It's like this. Imagine a kid being six years old and trying to be a 16-year-old. Can you imagine that? I don't know if any of y'all have younger siblings. So imagine a six-year-old trying to drive. And you'd be like, what the heck are you doing? Get out of the car seat. And, or the car seat. They'd probably be in the car seat, but they wouldn't be in the driver's seat, right? And so you're like, what are you doing? Not that the six-year-old can't aspire for great things, 
But it would be foolish for a six-year-old to want to be just like a 16-year-old. You get what I'm saying? So we do that in our walk with God. We see people who are following along. We see people who have grown or maybe who have been doing this a lot longer. We're like, well, I just, I'm not like them, so I'm a failure. No, 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 no. God knows where you're at, exactly where you're at. He's called you out of darkness, and he just wants you to be obedient to where you're at. Amen? So that's what we got to start doing. And I didn't say this last week, and I'm going to put an emphasis on it. Guys, everything in life, the biggest thing I've learned in this outside of our relationship with God, everything in life is a process. These people that are graduating college, it was a process. You want to grow in, in the knowledge of the word, it's a process. You want to grow in your relationship with God, it's a process. You're pursuing a guy or girl, or maybe you're dating, or maybe you're married, it's a process, right? You want to get a new job, or you want to grow in your job, it's a process. So you have to give yourself grace, because all we're asking, what we say all the time as a church, what's your next step? So give yourself grace, stop, comparison, stop comparing, and let's just be committed to the process, right? And then the last thing is, man, we walk in freedom. So I just, I just believe, man, it's kind of a stronghold in our generation. So many of us, in John 10, 10, Jesus says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life to the full. So many of us don't live life to the full. Jesus said, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So we talked last week, spiritual warfare is a real deal. We're old enough, we can talk about it now. It's not, we don't have to pity paddle. I don't know what that means, but it makes sense. It's like when you get your toes like this. You can't pity paddle around. We're going to start saying that. Pity paddle, hashtag it. Okay, so you can't do that. Um, but we talked about, man, our thoughts, life can be crazy, things from our past can be crazy, but we just got to get the Word of God and we got to meditate on it. That doesn't mean, hum, shave your head, get crazy like a monk. That just means you got to get it in your heart and, and reproduce it. Put it in your heart, read it down. So that might be reading it over and over. That might be memorizing it. That might be reading your Bible. It doesn't matter. You got to get the Word in our heart and then we simply speak it out. The reason I'm recapping this is because this all comes together. And the more we're devoted to the Word, the more we can be devoted to prayer, the more we can be devoted to worship, right? Because it's all one relationship with God, okay? So this week we're going to be talking about being devoted to prayer. And I'm going to talk about in a really simple form in the beginning, and then I'm going to give you all some things that God's really been teaching me that I think will challenge you but also encourage you to kind of excel your prayer life, okay? So I believe this. I know this from talking to countless times. A prayer is just simply talking to God. I mean, it can be more, but it's nothing less than that. It is just simply talking to God. So I think we just overcomplicate it. I, I believe, I say this all the time, we overcomplicate a lot of things. It is just talking to God. The one who created you, the one who called you out of darkness, the one who knows the hairs on your head, it is just talking to him. That's all it is. And it's a two-way street, right? So you, when we talk to someone, if we're having a conversation with anyone, we got to talk, but we got to listen, right? Some of y'all are chatty Cathy's when you pray to God. You're like, okay, God, today I was walking, and 30 minutes later, you're like, amen. And God's just like, well, I wonder what God would say. It's like, okay, that was a good conversation. I didn't say a word. Imagine you're dating someone. You're just like, okay, I came home. Okay, I'll call you back. And you hang up the phone. They'd be like, what the heck? That was awful. It's the worst conversation ever. We can't be chatty Cathy's. We got to listen, too. I heard a pastor say this. I want y'all to write this down. He said that prayer lets you speak to God. So prayer lets you speak to God, but meditation lets God speak to you, right? So prayer lets you speak to God, but meditation lets God speak to you. And we talked about two weeks ago, meditation is just simply getting the word of God in your heart. So you need to know that not only does God want to speak to you, but he's speaking to you right now. He, sometimes we just got to tune in our, our spiritual ears, our hearts. But sometimes people are like, Amir, well, how do I hear from God? You need to get in his word. That's the number one way God's going to speak to you in any circumstance, in, in any season of your life, right? So it's a two-way street, and both those are essential for growing, talking to God and, and also listening. But, but think about it this way. Think about any relationship you have in your life, whether it's your family, uh, parents, siblings, whether it's a dating relationship, or some of y'all are engaged, some of y'all are married. So communication, conversation is arguably one of the most important things, right? So when we think about a relationship with God, it's just as important. We want to grow in our relationship with God. We want to be more devoted to Him. We've got to talk to Him. 
So my mentor always puts it this way. He'll be checking in with me, and he'll say, well, how, how's things going with God? I'm like, it's going. He's like, well, how's your prayer life? How, how, how's your time with God? How much time have you been spending praying? Not like I started a stopwatch, but have you, you know, have you feel like you've been praying? And I'm like, well, eh, it's, it's kind of okay. You know, it's good. And he's like, well, what, what, what can we do to increase it? And we'd process it. And he's like, let me put it this way. And he's asked me this every time, and it challenges my face off, so I'm going to ask y'all. So he's married. So he's like, okay, imagine this. He goes, imagine how much you spoke to God in a month. What if I spoke to my wife that much this month? How would me and my wife's relationship be? And I was like, well, y'all are arguing then, or something's going on, because y'all ain't talking much, you know? But it, it's just a great perspective, because he's like, so, because with my wife, I want to talk to her every day. I want to come home, I want to ask how her day is, I want to process her with things. When something goes wrong with her and me, we want to talk about it. Now, now is life busy sometimes, and you don't get, whether it's your a spouse or whether it's family, you don't get four hours to talk to them? Yes. But the same thing with God. Are we fighting for time with God? Are we making time to talk with God? Do we want to get home and process things with God, it's the same example. So every time I ask people that, I was like, well, what if someone's married, and, da, 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 and we applied that time to a month, what would your relationship look like? It's just super challenging. Well, what we say all the time is, you just gotta know what's your next step, right? So some of y'all, you might pray once a week, and that's fine. What would one step look like? Could you pray once a day? Some of y'all pray every day. Could you pray twice a day? Could you pray more intensively? Could you pray for something more specific? Right? So when I, when I challenge you with this thought, it's not saying, hey, you're a bad prayer, good prayer. There's no good or bad praying. It's more, could you take a step in being more devoted to God in prayer? I know this is super simple, but we overcomplicate it. That's why I'm talking to you about it. God just wants to talk to you because he made you in relationship. So I got my master's in counseling. I have my license then, so I still meet with my, my supervisor, and he's like an incredible man of God, and he loves the Lord. And he always does this to me. He's like the master of, of visuals, and he always throws his phone down. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And he's like, see, it's like God gave you a free phone. And it has unlimited minutes forever and <laughs> unlimited nights and weekends forever. Um, and all you got to do is pick it up. But for some reason, we choose not to pick it up. And God's like, you can call me whenever you want. I gave you a phone. The moment you made a decision for me and we're in a relationship, you, you have the phone, right? I know these are cheesy examples, but it's like, well, I find myself asking all the time, well, why don't I just talk to God more? Like, Something comes up and I want to do it on my own strength. Something's challenging and I just want to figure it out on my own. Or I want to call somebody else, right? And so I, I know when I was in school, people used to do this, this is my favorite, guys and girls. So girls are walking around, you like walk in the class, you're like, okay, I love you, I'll call you a little bit, okay, bye. You walk out of class, hey, class was great, I don't know, this is so good, I'll call you in a little bit. You walk in the food court, okay, I just ate, and you're like, what's going on here? Guys are like, hey man, I'm going to the gym, dude, I'm going to get swole, this could be great. You walk out of the gym, like, dude, I just crushed it, that workout was awesome. And it's like, you're going to talk to your bros, or some of y'all, how many of y'all, you'll call mom for everything. It's like, I get out of class, I call mom, and then I get home, and I call mom, and that's sweet, and I love it. This is so cute, but I'd pinch your cheek if I wasn't on stage, and that wasn't weird for me to come down and pinch your cheek, but, but it's the same thing with God. If we want to talk to those people, which is amazing, I'm not, I'm not disregarding that, how much more does our Father in Heaven want to talk to us? What if we talk to God like that? Anytime throughout the day, continuously, and I'll get to that in a second. Let's get to the scripture. Colossians 4.2. It says this, it says, devote, no pun intended, yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And so this word alert in the Greek, it means like a persistent mind, uh, a, a watchful mind. So you're consistently praying for something. At the end it says a thankful heart. Scripture say, says in Psalms that we got to enter God's courts with thanksgiving and praise, right? So that's when we come in, into praying is, man, we thank God for what he's doing. But we got to be persistent and consistent with our prayers. Well, I didn't grow up in church 
And so I think it was here at our church, we had a mission training, and they, and they talked to us about, hey, man, these are, there's a couple of things that need to be in, in every prayer. This doesn't mean if you don't put these things in there, you're in trouble, but this is to help you. And I was, like, trying to Google it, and I, found, I finally found it, but then there was, like, sandwich prayers, I guess, like, if y'all grew up in church. How many of y'all had sandwich prayers? You learned sandwich prayers, you're little. I really want to get a felt board up here, because that's what everyone tells me you did when you're little, and we tack stuff to the felt board, and we're like, then you get this sandwich, and this is Thanksgiving, and this sandwich is this sandwich. So... But I don't have a felt board. I'm sorry. I don't even know what I do. Because I don't know. I would, need, I would need little life people to help me because I didn't grow up in church. But the acronym is ACTS. Say ACTS. It's like the book in the Bible. It's really easy. So I'm going to go through these with you. Again, why? Because I just feel like if, when, the moment I knew these, I, I, I learned these like two years ago, it just it really helped me process and kind of aim more at my prayer life with God, right? So A is adoration. And that's a fancy word for just adoring God. Adoration. So it's like how much we love God and appreciate God. We praise him for who he is. And I know, guys, this is not as natural for us to be lovey-dovey with God. But, man, it's just, God, we adore you. We, we love you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. I heard a pastor say this. He says, prayer without praise is a problem. It's alliteration. It's cool. You can hashtag that, too. But you know what I mean? So he's like, it's a problem if you're praying and you're not praising God in the prayer. That's a problem, right? That's A. C is confession. So in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if you, if you confess, God is faithful and just, and he'll forgive you. It's a conditional statement. If you confess to God, then he'll forgive you. And I'm saying this, guys, because we all fall. It says in Romans, we all fall short of the glory of God. This isn't a bash. This isn't a challenge. It's, we all fall short, guys. So when we're going to God in prayer, we've got to confess. We've got to say, God, I missed it in this way today, but I thank you that you sent Jesus. I thank you that I can, you can, I can come to you at any time, and I can get right with you, right? That's a C. T is Thanksgiving. My parents say Thanksgiving because they're foreign and they can't pronounce the TH and it's really funny. I'll record it one time for you. I'm serious. My dad's like, happy Thanksgiving. I'm like, dad, I don't have a tank top on. There's no, it's just cold outside. It's, it's good though. It's so good. Okay, so it's simple. It's just thanking God for anything, for, for his love, for his mercy, for his grace, for his forgiveness, for, that he's our savior, that he's our Lord, that he's our redeemer, that he's everything, that he's faithful. Or it's for specific stuff, right? God, thank you for pulling me through this tough circumstance. Lord, thank you for getting me through college. Amen, people who are graduating. Lord, thank you for helping me during this relationship. Lord, thank you for helping me during this breakup, right? You're thanking for God. Or you say, hello, thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending your spirit when Jesus went back to heaven. Thank you, God, that I have a roof over my head and a car and food, right? The simple things a lot. It is just simply thanking God. And then S is supplication. That's a fancy word for requests. It's when you're asking from God things. God, I, I need this from you. I'm requesting this from you. You just need to tell him what you, what you want. And guys, sometimes we pray small, intentional prayers, wh whether it's like, thank you for this food or give me traveling graces, and those are amazing. We're praying smaller prayers that are specific, that we're believing for. There's nothing wrong with that. But we can't just be people who just pray small prayers, amen? We have a huge God that spoke the world into existence, that know the hairs on your head is what scripture said, that is just waiting for us to ask for stuff, and we want to always pray small prayers, right? Massive God. Pastor Craig Rochelle says this. This is going to rock your world, so this is, gets crazy. He said, what if, if all your prayers this week you prayed were answered, how different would the world look? So think about right now, and this is me too, think about any prayer you prayed this week, if, if God snapped his mighty finger and said they're answered, how different would the world look? That might change the way you pray a little bit, huh? The moment I heard that, it rocked me, and I immediately thought of my parents and my brother. So my parents and my older brother aren't believers yet. And so I, I find myself, as much as I can, hopefully every night, praying. I'm like, God, I just pray that they'd come to know you. I pray that they'd come to know you. And then I heard this quote, and I was like, 
yeah, that's just kind of soft. Like, I, I believe that, but it's just small. And so now I'm just trying to pray a deeper prayer. I'm like, God, I, I pray that they would live for you, and I pray that they'd be a light for you, and I pray that they would serve your church, and I pray that we can have spiritual conversation together, and I pray that they can come to church for the first time, and they can fall in love with you, even though they grew up in a literal different country, and they know nothing about Jesus right now, that one day they will, and they're going to live for you, and they're going to be a light in Oklahoma City. And it's not anything by I did, but it's all by what Jesus did. But I'm going to pray bigger prayers because our God is huge, right? And so that's Acts. It's a cute little acrostic. That's what you call those, acronym acrostic, whatever. But other, other things, you know, you want, you want to be specific when you pray. You want to be honest and authentic. Guys, the book of Psalms is all about these kings and prophets, people like crying out to God when they're scared, when they're mad, when they're happy. It is like an emotional book. So if you don't think you can get real with God, you need to read the book of Psalms. It's long, so have fun. Have fun. That's all the book is. So we don't need to be like, God, I just, if you're mad, tell God. If you're scared, tell God. He wants to know the real you. He wants, scripture says, David said, search my heart, O Lord. He wants to know what you're feeling. And we talk about it all the time at the church. We want to be real. I'll tell you this. I can't speak on this because it'll take a long time. The only thing that, this is what's challenging when it comes to prayer, that God determines the time of it. So it's almost like we plant the seed as prayer. We, we have to, Gary, our old pastor, you said that prayer activates heaven. We have to plant the seed, but you have to be patient with the time. And I know some of y'all in this room have been praying for something for weeks and months, or if you're like me, years with my family. And you just got to know God's the one who determines the time, but you just have to stay faithful. Because when that prayer is answered in Jesus' name, not only does heaven rejoice, but it's going to be one of the coolest moments of your life, right? So we're going to spend the rest of our time, and I'm just going to give y'all a couple practical steps I've been learning this year when it comes to be more devoted in prayer. Cool? Number one is praying continuously. Praying continuously. This might sound simple, but we're going to remix it a little. So praying continuously. First uh, Thessalonians 5.17 in the King James Version. How many of y'all grew up on some King James? Come on with it. We call it King Jimmy when you're having fun with it. Dallas. But there's no funny words, so it's not as cool. It says pray without ceasing. I mean, it's just really straight to the floor. It's not as King James. We should have gotten a different one. Sorry. Pray without ceasing. Ceasing. That's it. Okay. Sometimes I misspell words. It's okay. Praying continuously, right? So, so Paul's just like, it's just simple. Hey, you need to pray without ceasing. Am I saying it wrong? That's okay. Y'all just giggle every time I say, I think I, oh, never mind. We won't even go there. Ah, my parents are forward. I don't care. So a common misconception when, when, it, when it comes to praying continuously, I'll say it that way so you don't giggle anymore. Um, Sometimes we think, like a big misconception is, man, when it comes to praying and when it comes to spending time in God, it has to be alone. Like, that's the only way we can spend time with God. That is a good thing. And Scripture talks about countless times how Jesus got a way to spend time with the Father. That's true. But that can't be the only time we spend with God. So imagine on your Saturday, it doesn't matter if you're a young adult or you're a college student, and you, you spent the whole morning hanging out with God. You spent one, two, three, four hours with God. That's amazing. But what about the other 20 hours of the day? Or when you're awake, what about the other 10 hours of the day? We just push pause on God and say, I'll see you tomorrow morning. You know what I'm saying? So when we're talking about praying continuously. There's nothing wrong about the, the quiet down moments with God, but we got to be praying all day continuously to him. It's kind, of, it's kind of a posture. It's kind of a way our heart is. Because God wants to be more than an appointment on your schedule. That's what you need to know. Our pastor, Pastor Rick, always says that, man, God wants to be first in everything. So sometimes in life we say, yeah, i got to have God first, and then family, and then friends, and then work, and if you're in school, it's school. 
But no, no, God wants to be first in your family. God wants to be first in your friend group. God wants to be first in your work. God wants to be first in your school. He wants to be first in everything. Every thought, every moment, every problem, every challenge. He wants to be in the middle of it. But the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. So you got to invite the presence of God in your life. But that's what we're shooting for, guys. If we're praying continuously, we always have the presence of God with us. We're always processing things with God. We're always talking over stuff. So then when we're making decisions or, or we get challenged or someone hurts our feelings or we're running late and we're constantly praying and we have his presence with us, that brings peace, that brings rest, that brings joy, the fruits of his spirit. So practically, it's just talking to God all day, every day. It's just really easy. Just hang out with God when you wake up in the morning, when you're in the car, when you're walking to school, when you're going into the office, when you're going to meet. I mean, it's like you just talk to God. Yeah, can you, can you have a long time in the morning with God? Yeah, but if you just talked consistently with him throughout the day, it's not so much, man, I pray today, it's I was praying all day today. That his presence is right beside you, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. He goes before you, he stands behind you. That's how cool he is. But we want to be continually talking to him. That's something I've really learned this year. Just the simplicity, I love to pray in my car, turn off the music, and just pray. It's not like I just get crazy. I'm just, I, I like to process with God. I like to do other things. And then one thing I've learned that might help you, I like having a couple consistent times in the day and the week when I always pray. So for me, Tim, the guy who came up here, he's incredible. He's just, something he said at our leadership retreat, I've just really challenged every night I pray before I go to sleep. And it's not something to say, oh, I'm cool, Christian guard. But I'm just like, I have set that time, and I'll have a moment. I'll pray before I get in the bed. I will not get in the bed until I pray. And it helps me process my day and thank God for what he does and confess if I need to and praise him, and then I go to bed. And then for some of y'all, if you're like me and your thoughts are running and you feel like I got to do something next day or I got work the next day or I got school the next day, there's all that stuff to do, you just can pray to God and give it to him. And I promise in Jesus' name you'll be fine. And then you just knock out and go to sleep. And we're talking about this year about being compelled by the Spirit, right? So we want to talk and listen, but man, if we're praying continually, we can be more compelled by the Spirit, right? Because we're seeking the presence of God and then when he puts something on our heart because we're talking to him all day, we can be obedient to what he's asking. That's the, that's the heart of our pastors, Rick and Michelle. We're going to be compelled by the Spirit. Number two, we're going to amp this one up a little. This is praying with authority. We talked about it a little last week, but praying with authority. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus is talking, and he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, all of it. Nothing will harm you. What? That's a promise from Jesus. I have given you. He's talking to his disciples, but that comes to us. I have given you all the authority you need to overcome evil. Nothing will harm you. Right? And how do we have that authority? Because we have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead inside of us. And I know that sometimes sounds crazy. You're like, really? Yes, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. If you have made a decision for Christ, you have the spirit of God inside of you. That's the authority that you have inside of you. That's the authority that you pray with. That's the authority that, that, that you declare things with and you believe confidently, right? So when we're talking about praying with authority, I know for me, when, when I first became a believer, and I still do it sometimes, we kind of pray like really timid, weak, just like wishy-washy prayers sometimes. It's almost like feeling prayers. Like, oh, I'm having a bad day, God. I just pray. Help me. Man, amen. It's like, what the heck did I just pray? Did I just cry? And was I even paying attention? Like, it we got to pray with some swagger, right? Some confidence. It's like, like we're believing what we're praying. You know what I mean? And so this is, this is the way to describe this. If you're praying, if you're praying with authority, the, the easiest way or a simple way to explain it is your position of your prayer, right? So are you praying from a place of victory or are you praying from a place of circumstance? Right? One of the girls on our ministry always says this. Are you, are you praying from facts 
which are your circumstances? Yeah, I'm brown, I'm tall, I'm this age, whatever. Those are facts. Or I'm feeling this way. Or are you praying from a place of truth? I am forgiven. I am a son. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's truth about you. And not to say you can't pray just in your, all prayers are amazing, guys, but if we're praying from a place of victory, we're walking out the things that Jesus did on the cross for us, that we've already received these things. We're basically taking the things that are ours because God's given us authority. Let me give you an example. So say, say you're stressed, for example, or, or you have some anxiety in your life, right? So a circumstantial or a factual prayer, again, it's not a bad thing, but we can say, God, I'm stressed. I need your help. The, the stress, I just, I, I can't take this anymore. And so these are facts. You are experiencing stress. It's true. But maybe from victory, it's, man, God, you defeated stress on the cross. And I speak against stress in Jesus' name. Lord, I am not going to receive the stress. I don't care what my body feels like. You died on the cross for my stress, for everything, for my pain, for my emotions, for my health. And I'm going to walk in that in Jesus' name. You have a swagger when you're praying. You have this authority when you're praying that God gave to you and that was finished on the cross. Is that making sense? But you've got to walk in talking like you can't. We can't pray these, what we would call soft, the prayers. Say you're exhausted. You're fatigued, whether you're in school or you're working or it's just something this day. I was tired today. And you're like, God, I'm tired. I, I just need your strength. Again, that's not a bad prayer. But what if you said, well, Jesus, I remember you said, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And God, I received that rest in Jesus' name because you promised that for me, Jesus. And that's what your word says. And then we're meditating on the word. And then we're talking about what we talked about two weeks ago because we said, hey, when you meditate on the word and you speak it out, that's how you overcome sin. That's how you overcome temptation. That's how you overcome the enemy. Well, when you speak out the word of God, guys, that's praying. That's what it is. Earlier today, I was telling Tyler Anthony, I was exhausted. I don't know what, I mean, I just had a crazy couple days. I went home to change and shower before I came in. I was exhausted. And I literally was praying, irony, and uh, we're talking about prayer. And I, and I just was like, God, I, I just, I'm just going to give this night to you. I know you're going to encourage everyone. I just want to be a best for you, but I, I'm choosing joy. I don't care how I feel. I don't know how to explain it, guys. It's crazy. I went to a shower, came out, and I felt like I slept for three hours. I walked in, and my answer was, are you doing okay? I was like, I feel great. It's like I just chugged four Red Bulls. This is awesome. Like, and it was literally, it's funny because I'm pastor, and I, you practice what you preach. It's real for me. So I, I've heard someone say this way. It's kind of cheesy, but I love it. It's, instead of telling God about our problems, we've got to tell our problems about our God, right? You've got to speak to the problem, and you've got to claim the things that Jesus died on the cross for you. That's praying with authority because he's given it to you, and he's died for you. You got to pray with that swagger. Um, and, and we said it last week, you got to read what you need. So if there's something specific that you're dealing with that's separating you from God that you're having trouble with, find a scripture that matches it up. You're, you have an index in the back. I Google scripture. I'm your pastor. I Google scripture to find it. And then you speak that out with authority in Jesus' name and you believe it to be true. Um, this semester, so it's my first year of, of pastoring, and in the spring we start doing mission stuff, right? And so. I kind of got my schedule down last fall, and I was feeling good about it, and then we just inserted missions in. Guys, I'll be honest with you, it, like, rocked my world. Like, my schedule was always off, and I was always frantic, and I felt like I didn't have, like, free time ever. And, but I love our, our missions, and it's, like, one of my favorite things we do as a ministry, but it, it kind of, it, it just got me, like, stressed. And then I started to kind of, like, walk in a lack of confidence, and I'll never forget it. We, a month and a half ago, two months ago, we were in a, a student pastor's meeting, and it's me and the high school pastors, and, and our, our executive pastor, Chris O, was like, man, I've just been praying, and he's like, guys, I just, God's really been communicating me. I haven't prayed with authority for my family in a long time, and it's something I need more, and he's like, I just want to challenge you guys to start doing that. I want to challenge you guys to figure out what's going on, what's challenging you, and I want you to start praying the Word of God over you. I want you to start believing the Word of God to be true, and you need to start praying with some swagger. You need to start praying with some authority and claiming the things back from the enemies. Remember, I told you, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to steal your joy. He's going to kill your relationships with God. He's going to do all those things. That's what he wants, but you've got to fight back for it because you've been given authority. 
So guys, I just simply started praying stuff over here. I stopped living by my feelings, which is hard. And I said, God, I don't even care how I feel. I just know you've called me to be the pastor of this ministry. I know you're going to take care of our 50 people going to Chicago. I know you're going to take care of our 40 people going to Haiti, which is the most we've ever had, and it scares me. Not anymore, but it was incredible. And I just kept praying that, and guys, it, my joy came back. I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of crazy. I know you're like, well, no, it's real. It's like, I just started praying with authority, and I have experienced more joy this past month than maybe I did the, the four months before that. It's because you took back what the enemy's trying to take from you, because Jesus died for that. Amen? So I just want you all to think about what's the position of my prayer. Am I praying from a place of victory or am I praying from a circumstantial place, right? And then we're going to practice praying with authority. Number three, we'll wrap this thing up. You need to pray with faith. And this is going to sound easier said than done. You've got to pray with faith. So Mark chapter 11, verse 23, this is literally my favorite verse in the Bible. Jesus is talking again, and he says, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, whatever, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone else, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. So I'm going to kind of break this down, but Jesus is kind, of, kind of shares almost a mini parable in the beginning to explain the heart of prayer, right? And he says that, truly I tell you, the, the first thing is he speaks to the mountain. So, so mountain, okay, so rabbis back in the day, they were, a, a nickname for rabbis were mountain movers. Because when people had problems, when people had issues, when, when people had circumstances come up, they would go to rabbis and they're like, I need prayer, I need help. And they believed that their prayers would help move mountains, if you will, right? So when Jesus is talking right here, he's speaking metaphorically for troubles you have in your life. And he says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself. One thing you need to get here is Jesus doesn't say, hey, God, throw the mountain into the sea. He doesn't place it on God. He says, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, he speaks to the problem. That's something you need to know, Elevation, we're talking about. You have problems in your life. You have fear in your life. You have anxiety in your life. You have depression in your life. You have sickness in your life. You need to speak to the problem in Jesus' name and tell it to leave. That's what you need to do. Because this is what Jesus says, and that's how you model prayer. And you pray with authority. This, the second part of this, this is the most important. He says, truly I tell you, if anyone goes to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt. Why does he say that? He could have easily said, throw, throw it into the sea and believes and goes on. But in the scripture, in, both, in, th in this in Matthew, it says, comma, and does not doubt. So he's saying, guys, when we pray, you literally can't have doubt in your prayer. Because doubt and unbelief are the opposite of faith. So you cannot pray without faith. Now, we talked about last week, one way to gain more, more faith is by having more of the Word of God. But what this scripture spoke to me, and, and I think it speaks to all you guys, this is the issue, guys. I think there's countless times where, yes, we need more faith for the things in life, for the next season of life, from taking a step like We need more faith. But what Jesus is talking about right, right here is, I don't think we need more faith. We need less doubt. We need less unbelief. You have plenty of faith to probably move and to do the things God's called you to, but we have so much unbelief, we have so much doubt, and we have so much fear, and we let the enemy come in, and he's saying, no, 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 no. You just got to speak to the problem, but you cannot doubt. And, and believe it, and you'll receive it in Jesus' name. So we got to get doubt out of our lives, God. Guys, God, guys. And the last part says, forgive others as God has forgiven you. What? So he's telling us how to pray, and he said, oh, and, and don't forget, if anyone has, has challenged you, you challenge, you need to forgive them. You're like, wow, ouch, Jesus. And he's like, it's because your Father in heaven forgave you if you forgot. 
Hey, you need to give grace to other people because your Father in heaven has given grace to you. Right? He's telling us to model that as we pray. So guys, I just want to ask you, do you believe the prayers you're praying? Do we believe them? Because I know for me, there's countless times, even now I'll pray something, I'll just pray it just to pray it. But I don't even believe what I'm saying. Because the doubt in my heart, the fear in my heart, the, the insecurity in my heart. But you got to know that God wants us to pray boldly with faith. And yeah, praying the word of God helps increase your faith, too. So we got to get that doubt and unbelief out of the way. So I just want you all to think about this. Just think about your prayer life. Whether you, you, you've been living for the things of God for six months, one year, two years, or you, you've been living for God your whole life. Just think of, take, take a measure, take a test of your prayer life. And could praying conti more continuously help? Could praying with some authority help? Could praying in faith help? Remember that thought I said earlier, if your prayers this week were answered, what would the world look like? That is crazy, that like shakes me. Because you guys are world changers. And this is not just something I say because I'm your pastor. We already have seen our city start to change because of y'all and other Christians community, and we keep believing more in Jesus' name. But it starts with prayer because we got to be connecting with God. We gotta be devoted to God in prayer. And the last thing I wanna say this, and we'll pray together. When I was preparing last week, last night and this morning, I kept having this thought. And so I just believe this is for someone. It might be for a lot of y'all. It might be for one person. But some of y'all in this room have given up on prayer. And I just feel, I feel compelled. I feel led to say that God, God hears your prayer. And he wants you to know he hasn't forgot about you. And he doesn't want you to give up on him. The Bible says that we got to ask, seek, and knock when it comes to praying. And in the Amplified, it says, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And so for someone in this room or a group of people in this room, God hasn't forgot about you. He has heard your prayer, and he wants you to keep believing in Jesus' name. Amen? Hey, bow your heads for me.